to Friday. We're back. We're back. Well, and Ocean found a block. Late. That's okay. Like Ocean did Casual find a block. late Friday. We, Ocean found well, a block. We made it. We We're made it for the cutoff. Did you ever? Because you did go. Wait, what do you mean we made it before the cutoff? So, do you? Did you ever have instance in college where like you showed up to class and then the professor no. the TA show up? <laughs> Dude, I remember my second second week of freshman year, my statistics TA was almost 20 minutes late to the actual like small group lecture. And like it, I'm a freshman, I'm two weeks into college, and there are like, some juniors and even some seniors in this class. And we're like, no, we can leave. It's been 15 minutes. Like, we can leave right now. And I, I fucking <laughs> like, no, legally, legally. <laughs> And then they're like legally in high like, school, it's refused to get up minutes, a couple of college. <laughs> in high school, it was like it didn't matter. You're not leaving the classroom. You know what I mean? Oh, your teachers, they're just going to send some some teacher with a free period to babysit you for the next however long this hour. This you never had that. There's, there's always some kid who starts legally saying that you're allowed to leave. <laughs> so we can go home. No, no, no. Oh, dude. There's no teacher. So. At my high school, at least, the rule was that when you're 18 years old, you could sign yourself out. But the district had a had a thing where it was like you're only allowed to sign yourself out three times a semester. But it yeah. wasn't my year; it was the year ahead of me. Some kid like literally went all the way to the superintendent and fought them on it, and essentially established it was like there, there's no legal ground for you to say that we can only leave class three times, <sighs> sign ourselves out three times. So he he got it changed for himself only to be able to sign himself out as much as he wanted senior year once he turned 18. The, the hack is yeah. to take college classes in high school because then they have to give you a – you have to leave campus to go to the, the university or the community college that you're taking classes at, and then you just don't come back. Nerd. Giant yeah. nerd. And my mom being my mom, yeah. I did take college classes, but they were – I yeah. signed up like the night classes. And then, of course, uh -huh. after like a month – not enough people signed up so then the class got canceled and there was like a requirement for the specific type of high school degree that i wanted and i like had to like petition i was like i tried to take the class but then like they canceled it so you have to give me credit for taking the class and that worked yeah i got suspended in high school for for leaving the campus for lunch i was like i'm not really into this let's go let's get some food somewhere <laughs> I also got in trouble for that, but my school, they didn't want to suspend you because, and it was explained to me later on, like this, the same reason as to why they wanted you to sign out three times. So every absence they have to submit to the state, they lose funding for every day a kid missed school. So like my high school. That's why you it, get in school. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. so the, so what happened to me was I got caught literally going to Subway and they like pulled up. They're like, we saw you at Subway. Like you can deny it or you could just like whatever stupid thing. I just denied it and been like my dad had my credit. It wasn't me. And they, get, they gave me in school suspension where <laughs> or in school detention, but it's not after school detention like you see in the TV shows. It was before. For school attention, I had to show up 
the only year I didn't have a zero period. And I remember showing up at 7 a.m. And I was like, oh, I get a parking spot. All right, this is cool. Oh, I can do my homework in here. Oh, sick. Can I get tension more this semester? (laughs) Dude, I remember I I got suspended. I got suspended on the last day of middle school and then had to go to our little middle school graduation. And then when I started high school, I was still suspended. So <laughs> I had to wait the summer. What did you I had to do? wait out the summer to serve my time. I will take we'll we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so you actually did it something was not you good. wouldn't admit was wrong. <laughs> no, it was right. It was right. It was completely right. Oh, it was right. Speaking yeah, of it felt so wrong, wrong but right. it was so our, right, dude. <laughs> our producer Tio did did bring to my attention that today is a very important day. Yeah. For those of you just like Alex and I were unaware when we woke up this morning. Day marks, was it 68 years? Is that right, Tito? 68 years since Rosa Parks said, F the state, read between the lines, F the state, and refused to stand up and sit in the back of the bus. Look, whether, whether you agree with that or not, whether you are triggered at the thought of- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many people out there disagree not, I don't with. Yeah. I don't think there's uh, very many Rosa Parks-, Parks Hang on. If you if you don't think that Rosa Parks standing up to the state was not her running so you could sit here and shit post on Twitter, sir. But in all in all seriousness, it, it is uh, a stark reminder of you know the different ways we have seen citizens of this country stand up fight against the state. A healthy reminder that none of these rules make sense and they don't make sense to you you have every right to stand against them except for don't kill people let's not be stupid civil disobedience (sighs) it's getting there man it's getting freaky out there i can't wait to take some time off and get off the uh the old twitter man it's just too much i almost texted you today saying i won't sleep more That's that's a different problem. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just want to sleep more. No, we're here. We're Friday. We made it. Ocean found a block. We're very excited. If they found a block, if everyone had equal hash power in their pool, they don't. But just imagine 300 odd participants. I think I they would each get about have a point... million dollars. What? I also have a million dollars cash just in that in a pile right there in this reality you're talking about. Where every miner right, has right, the right. same hash rate. Okay, okay. So every <laughs> while, while deployed, we're right. while we're thinking, of, I mean, look, if you want, well, to we're thinking in hypothetical. Describe a communist, yeah. right? But you're describing a communist mining operation. Nope. Everyone has the just, same hash rate. <laughs> nope. I'm just giving. I was just doing a you little fun fact. You can't doing a little fun fact. In this in this hypothetical, Q has no money. It's very close to reality here. You live in communist got, China. Communist China took over the world. Communism is the number one thing in the world. Continue. If you just divide the the block subsidy and and the the little bit of fees they scooped on that block, they found six point five three something Bitcoin by three hundred five or six participants. Everyone would get about point oh two Bitcoin. So it is actually a pretty fat payday if you're using Ocean. Um, super excited for them. Very fun times. There's a lot of, there, also I have to correct something. I misspoke on the last pod 
on their minor dashboard, their website wasn't rendering the correct pages for usage stats. It's still not. So I super underestimated the amount of people using the pool. We got the hash rate right. The hash rate is now grown to about 258 petahashes per second. But the pool itself, if you go to their dashboard, dude, there's like endless pages of users here. We've got 305. Now it just bumped up to 310. So people are waking up today, seeing they found a block and plugging their miners in, you know, or they're just, they're just doing some energy arbitrage and maybe they unplugged them for the night or something. But <clears throat> yeah, man, super exciting. I think that's a, that's a pretty successful launch. 305 people found a block basically in the first 48 hours. Um, super fun. And it's so cool because it's an old pool. They get to boast the stats. They found, uh, 348,000 Bitcoins total in the, in the history of Luke's pool here. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy around them and a lot of like, uh, kind of like little Twitter spats going on. I don't really lean heavily on one side or the other around ocean about this. I just have some genuine questions. So I know that Luke's implemented knots and, um, I think knots doesn't parse transactions past up op false. So the transactions that it's like relaying, I don't know if this is the right terminology to, to, to form a block is excluding, or you could call it spam filtering. You could call it censoring. It just kind of depends your feelings about this, but yeah, it's taking out inscription blocks. I don't think that's actually, I'm not sure if that's happening now, or that's like a future implementation that they plan, but that's definitely a real thing that's going to happen. It's going to be interested to see the dynamic. I don't know. It might be that they're just returning that, you know, people who mine with pools that don't choose to do that are going to make a little bit more on fees. It might be that so many people are sick of inscriptions that they join ocean and inscriptions are, you know, become the minority and ocean just takes over a ton of hash power and makes bank anyway. But, uh, I don't know any, any yes. predictions on this queue. Do you fall on any side of this Excellent. argument? Do you think, do you think uh, miners should be choosing what transactions are? I mean, obviously they have to choose which transactions are valid, but beyond that, doing kind of going the extra mile here to be, to be choosy and basically moderate. I think it's a slippery slope, but what I do appreciate <clears throat> is that this is not the consensus opinion from the mining space. You know, we're not seeing every single public traded miner come out and say, we're doing the, no, they actually have a fiduciary duty to go and find the most expensive blocks and make the most money mining Bitcoin. So in actuality, what I anticipate is we are we are watching the dynamics of free market operate before our eyes, unencumbered with unnecessary regulations, unnecessary rules and loopholes, et cetera. None of that exists because the space is allowed to operate as it sees fit. And what we are seeing is a group of individuals who believe that the best source of their resources is to mine Bitcoin, but not maximize for profit for the sake of also including ordinals. And it's, I, 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 know that's I agree a little... with the way, no, no, no. I agree with the way that you position it. I just wanted to point out that I think the people at Ocean would not. I don't think I've seen them say online that they're not, they're not 
sensory or no they're not forgoing profits by no 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 they don't call it censorship they call it spam filtering which is fine that that totally makes sense from that purview but they're saying they're not leaving money on the table basically like Giacomo's claim is actually that the amount of fees from inscription and I don't agree with this the amount of fees from inscriptions are negligible I don't agree with this at all the 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 fees are huge (sighs) they're they're sometimes they equal the block reward itself the block subsidy itself the problem is he's, it has an ingre- he's pointing well, on, to hang on, hang on. he's pointing to Lux or off-band transactions. Okay, go ahead. But but I don't think that I think you're both right in that like there are some blocks where there's almost no activity from ordinals and the block reward is just block reward with like minor fee for transactions. Minor as in M-I-N-O-R, not E-R. But on the inverse of that, your point, like there are moments where they're the fees are higher and block space a little scarcer as a result, whether it's because of ordinals, whether it's because of a lot more transactions or whatever, maybe there are certain, like the block reward is not consistent and flat. It, it fluctuates based on what's going on. And so that's kind of why I say the like subsidy you're remains flat right. for about, so, right. Well, right, right, right. The, the literal block reward will remain flat for for this epoch but the minor the like fees minor fees that we are paying for the transactions the transaction fees those will fluctuate and still go to the minor the minor who might that block that fee shifts based on fluctuates on demand yeah so yeah that's market there are moments it's up across the board it, yeah, it's up across the board what it because was, of the demand from inscriptions in BRC20. No, no, but in general, it's safe to say, I mean, you can point, you can look on, on, on chain and see that it's higher than it would be if inscriptions didn't exist. So I'm, I'm not commenting on whether that's a good or a bad thing, but my stance on this generally, I guess, to put it out there is I don't really want to tell people how to use their Bitcoin. <clears throat> I don't see this as an attack on Bitcoin. I see this as people kind of enjoying their freedom. And yeah, there's definitely scammers in there. There's definitely scam projects in there, but Bitcoin's for enemies and their use of it doesn't inhibit my use of it at all, really, because I, we're going to face this problem sooner or later anyway. I'm not this, this idea that we need to somehow artificially suppress block space demand and fee rates so that people can open more lightning channels to scale to global adoption. It's just, you're getting way ahead of yourself there. Lightning's not ready for that. And this was already a problem. Like this, the, it's good that block space is scarce. Like that's, that's a commodity. And it just, I think we take it for granted and we fail to recognize it sometime, especially I'm not saying early adopters don't understand this, but you get into a low fee rate environment for a long time and your transactions are, are settling after you know 10 minutes. So you get used to that. And then I think the bear market paired with, oh, I got to pay, you know, like a buck, a buck 20 to get this transaction confirmed. It gets a little, <clears throat> you know, people get a little irritated by that. So the other position, the, the opposite of mine would be, um, no, this is an attack on Bitcoin. And we also, it's a free market. We can do what we choose. Absolutely. So if they choose to filter out this spam, that's their choice, man. We'll see how it plays out. It's, I always come back to, this is that tension between Bitcoin being a free market and a commons. 
we all feel like we have some kind of vested stake in the protocol as, as, as we do some, some small part to play, you know, and sometimes that makes our opinions held like really, really strongly. So you see a ton of fighting around, around these finer points of uh, block space. Um, and especially when it comes to inscriptions, people are really hot on these opinions as they should be. It's the most important, you know, asset in the world, most important technological innovation of our time. I, I very firmly am in the camp of this is not some attack on Bitcoin. And if Bitcoin, if we are not allowed the space, but, all right, I need to, I need to be perfectly clear. Ordinals are dumb in their current form. They are as dumb as NFTs are in their current form. But I'm going to say really triggering things for you people out there. I'll trigger everyone, whether you sit on the NFT side, Bitcoin Maxi, or you're one of these wizard boys. All right. Oh, here we go. It's <clears throat> stupid. It's all stupid. All right. Oh, I put this JPEG off. Dude, I need better art in paint when I was five years old. So let's not kid ourselves that this is like incredible form of art. All right. However, we need the space to iterate, to try new things and experiment and see what this technology is capable of doing. And unfortunately, there's a lot of egos getting involved right now. Some people that I genuinely respect and others where I'm like, you could stand to stop talking for years and we would be fine. <laughs> but a lot of egos right now are getting involved and it's turned to, no, the way I see it is right. No, the way I see it is right. Everyone is wrong. And it's, there's a level of arrogance that I see coming out in a lot of Bitcoiners of this is not how Bitcoin's meant to be. Who the fuck are you? Excuse me, but seriously, who are you to say what we should and shouldn't be doing with this technology? It's literally called freedom technology for a reason. Like, not called, but like we nickname it that for a reason. It's fully decentralized. If I want to send it where I want to send it, how I want to send it, like, we can that's the goddamn point and we need especially right now the space to iterate to try and experiment hey do you know we could we can do it like this we can send these types of transactions we can send these nodes we can do it in this way and then we can grow see yeah there's I, I there's love... a lot of it's hard to i was just gonna say it's hard like the thing i like that you pointed out it's it's hard to take a stance on censorship or just making these decisions because then, you know, you've put yourself in the position of something of a moderator. Not that there's really anything you can do unless you spin up a, a mining pool and, and, and choose to kind of change the consensus of what transactions you're going to accept. But I don't really care what the, the future of this is either way, as long as we don't make some rash decision to change Bitcoin, but it doesn't seem like people are up in arms that way. The reality is like the unspoken thing that the, the people who would label it spam <clears throat> and the right to do so are not saying is that, dude, these inscriptions brought a ton of money and renewed interest into Bitcoin from people who were like helplessly trapped in the crypto uh kind of scammy side of things i mean it's brought renewed interest in development and changes and and that's a whole nother discussion whether you think that you know significant changes like bitcoin should be this programmable money that needs to grow and change with the times 
I guess I would point out, you know, stiff ossification is not what it's cracked up to be. A lot of people that aren't developers are promoting that. And I think we've talked about at length on the show before how there's just so many instances in history where that comes back to bite you. You end up with corporate capture. Yeah, basically like centralized entities running the running the protocol that you didn't you didn't make the adjustments so that common people can can do it simply and effectively. I guess we'll see what happens, man. Mm-hmm. But it's a free market. I don't want to play God. I don't want to tell people. I don't care how people use Bitcoin, to be honest with you. I don't I don't I don't, I don't care what they do with their Bitcoins. I don't care if they hodl or if they don't hodl. The the network right now works very well for a lot of us. And I think it's going to continue to short term. I always would exercise a lot of caution, but at the same time, the loudest people on these issues, again, are usually not developers and usually not people, people out there building, building products and services. Contributing. Yeah. And I don't want to be just like another one of those annoying voices. So like my take on this is let's see what happens. More competition is good for everybody. I'm super pumped about Ocean. I don't want people to get confused. I'm not trying to spread FUD. I just have questions. I'm just like, it does seem a little bit at odds with your with your thesis there to pick and we're, choose we're transactions. With it. Right? Oh yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I nonetheless, I'm still going to I'm still gonna send my hash power to Ocean for now. I mean, I'm I'm excited. It's a killer new team. I think. I think Jack's comments on Luke are actually correct. Like he has functioned as a protector of Bitcoin and a big spearhead of Bitcoin, like throughout history, you know, the just like incalculable contributions. That doesn't mean that you trust these people always going into the future. It's just, you know, it's just a nice kind of accolade to have, but it's tough, man. If you don't program yourself, you have to find those people that you look up to. We're going to think of the things that you haven't. And that's why we treasure people like Giacomo in this space. That's, you know, Luke, the whole, the whole team there. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they solve this. I can't see them pivoting. These are some, these are some hard headed, smart, smart people. So I think they're going to carry out the plan as they saw it, the original vision. And I'm curious basically just to see what the market decides to do, how much hash rate are they going to accumulate over the next year here? And because they're, they're, the other aspect of this is they can't take no fees forever. They're going to have to turn on higher and higher fees to remain competitive. This is kind of the the freemium model of get in now. And then we're going to start ratcheting up uh, prices a little bit. I don't know to what extent, but right now it's a pretty sweet deal, man. That might be over here. actually too, because they already have over a hundred. They have 300 participants. I think it was only the first hundred that went no fee. Might be fake news, might be misremembering, but I think that's the case. So the question essentially that we're taking a really long time to answer here is should Bitcoin miners or mining pools, interchangeable phrase there, should they censor spam certain transactions or whatnot? And the the simplified answer, in my opinion, is should all of them adhere to the same ethos, principles, values? No, that is a dangerous thing, in my opinion. And I think what we are witnessing is the free market dynamics. They're allowed to pick what pool you see fit and what pool you want to participate in as a result. Yeah. 
So I, yeah, I think you any have... criticisms of this decision are very short-sighted. They are they lead to too much homogeny in this space. And that's not what we need, especially not right now. Like we need a difference of opinions. We need different products that cater to different people. You need stuff that is, you know, a little bit more decentralized and you need stuff that's a little bit more custodial. We need a balance of the products, but I think there's too many Bitcoiners that are a little too sensitive of this idea of if you're not this, 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 and this, and you don't deserve Bitcoin. Mm, you don't get to decide who interacts with Bitcoin, unfortunately. If someone wants to interact with Bitcoin, they can. I think the, there's a lot of PTSD here coming back from the block size war and yeah, P, like existential fear about the future of Bitcoin. Like I, I understand why people get upset and this is this is a really, this is an important uh, battleground for them. Um, but hey, there's room for everybody so far. I mean... I don't. I, I still haven't had any problems getting on-chain transactions confirmed, dude. That's going to be insane. The day when uh, we can't afford to uh, send our little UTXOs on-chain anymore, that's going to be insane. I mean, and I, I think block space demand is going to get there, where it's going to be like, okay, you got to be a big whale or an institution to get this thing confirmed. It might take a couple decades, but I think I think we'll get there. I guess update on my BitKey. Still can't send a transaction. I still can't send out of it. I don't know why. I'm I'm priced out until they until they adjust the the fee structure and the give me the option to choose what fee I want to pay. I just I just get an error. No sense. So I guess if you're a BitKey user, you might be you might be priced out already <laughs> for now. But I'm sure they'll get there too in 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 the V2 here. Not a lot of news happening today. It was pretty much, you know, crab market all week. Any any questions off the dome queue today? Yeah, no, another one that I just kind of have as as we're discussing this in my auditor index. Should you be a capitalist in order to buy Bitcoin? Said another way. Can a communist buy Bitcoin? I mean, they can. They, you know, Ben Ark's out there scooping Bitcoin. No, no. There's, there, there's, a, there's a lot of socialists in Bitcoin, and that's fine. I don't, I'm never going to be put in that position where I can say who can or, or should or should not be using Bitcoin. I think it'd be good for them. I think, I think a little bit, just that, just the, the exercise of using it, custodying it will help you understand so much more about incentives and the world and and money that it will probably change their ideas a little bit this is one of the reasons i i always try to push my fit whenever i'm around them i bug them a little bit about bitcoin or i'll just do bitcoin shit in front of them i'll just break out the hardware wallet start playing around with the node you know show them a miner something like this because i want them to have exposure to it so they start questioning some of their firmly held beliefs like uh i remember we had a really good argument about the supply cap of money the last time i was home a lot of people have an inherent belief that money should be infinite and backed by the government and that the, the government needs to give us uh, cash injections and bailouts and raise the market cap. I think they're confused about the, the, the causation there. It's not that we actually need those things. It's that the incentives of those legacy systems are perverse 
And the truth is that they, they, they actually cannot function without, um, creating more currency without debasing people. So the only answer to that is to like reject that system in part or in full and start working on a, on a competitive system. The, the pushback I usually get, uh, from people there that, that acknowledge that, okay, maybe the system is perverse. What now is usually something like Bitcoin's too volatile. It can't become money. You know, there's endless narratives that they've kind of like half, half heard on the news and in the media. And that kind of like rejection of an idea without trying it is a really scary thing because those people are missing out on probably like some of the best financial opportunities of their lifetime. I mean, they're telling me these things, you know, back 2016, 17, it's okay. You've just missed, you know, a couple, a couple 10 Xers there, but also more importantly, you've missed the chance to have censorship resistant money and self-custody it yourself outside of the banks. I don't know. So I just always, always want to advocate for, for a nice open mind, even when it comes to things like inscriptions, let's actually try to see both sides and hold conflicting ideas in our head and see what the market decides wins out. But Hey, for my, my question of the day, Q, you ever gonna, you gonna mine Bitcoin at home someday? Yeah. Is it something I'm you're, you're interested in? My own. I know. It just depends on like where you live. Like when I was in California, like it it was not, it was not going to be, uh, like it, it's not economically efficient or feasible to do it. So it kind of depends if you, you, in my opinion, you shouldn't force yourself to do it for the sake of, I want to do it at home. Whether it's you go through an actual company that's providing a service or dude, there are plenty of Bitcoiners, honestly, who I see all the time have, are offering up rack space and are willing to work with people who are interested in purchasing miners and such. So there are creative ways to do this if you genuinely want. I got an unpopular opinion. And I know the answer to this question, but I, I kind of want to present it for, for newbies out there, but also just like genuinely you know blog award's gonna get cut in half estimates in april and then it'll get cut in half again and again and again and again and again forever until eventually there's no more actual block reward in the process of mining do you believe that bitcoin miners will be more or less profitable in a future where their block reward is less than one Bitcoin. More. The the on-chain settlement's just so valuable, dude. I mean, think about your think about doing any transaction with the bank. I got a situation right now where I have a wire it was sent to a bank account, sent many wires there before. Um suddenly the intermediary stopped doing business with this bank. It's like a neo bank, stopped doing business with this bank. There might have been an email sent, but we didn't know it was supposed to take place. <laughs> they you might have notified me, but it doesn't count. <laughs> might have notified me, but I didn't read that shit. And uh, no, no, I triple check. It was actually the receiving party that failed to do their diligence because mm -hmm. I sent this thing out. 
I asked four to times, like calling on the phone. Are you sure if we get it by this date? Anyway, the wires like vanish. There's nothing. There's there's no one that can help you trace it. There's no estimate as to when it will be returned. Obviously, there's no there's no final settlement there. And it just reminds me of my thesis that like people talk about final settlement in banks. There is no final settlement in banks. You you're always at third party risk of confiscation or censorship. There's no fucking third. There's no settlement. There's no final settlement in the banking system. That shit can always be clawed back and pulled out from under you. And, and from that perspective, Bitcoin final settlement's like a magical thing. There's no wires, literal wires. There's no physical kind of infrastructure sent from point A to point B. You can blast it through space. You can broadcast your transaction, have it settled in a decentralized manner and go about your day. And, you know, if you're running your own node, you can audit, you know, your balance and know that what you own is what you own. You can't do that in banks. We've all experienced it. I know it can't just be me who will go to my bank. and My bank balance is actually not accurate because in truth is like I spent some money somewhere and that transaction hasn't processed or settled. Maybe I sent up some money to strike. Okay. It's going to take a couple of days for them to actually pull strike credits, the account under a certain limit, well spent. but do then. It. You double spend. Oh, dude. I, I double spent that bank one time. I closed my account out there and then I just wanted to see what would happen. I, I went, I closed the account cause they, they, they had, they had censored something. They wouldn't let me, they wouldn't let me buy Bitcoin through the regulated, like totally legal platform or something. So that day I was just like, fuck you. I'm done. I'm going to a different bank, you know, take out all my balance. And I was like, what happens if I spend from this bank? I was just like, curious dude they got on the phone before they were having a hard time returning my calls but after i bought like extra bitcoin with balance i didn't have these guys have called me every day to, to top off that balance for the week oh what a what a shitty cabal man these institutions you just can't it's not even there i don't even blame them it's just human nature it's really comes down to and it's a trope at this point like it's just the incentives you're just not in a place that is pro-human when you're operating as 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 the god of money and, and and you're holding other people's balances in your institution like that the the third party risk is just is too incredibly high especially with agi freaks me out the kind of stuff we could see in the next few years in terms of financial crimes capture centralization oh. and in market manipulation Dude, I'm really excited. I'm trying to bring Nick Bostrom to the next Bitcoin conference. Have you ever have you ever read oh, anything by this guy? I gotta send you a book, man. This is the guy who me a book is. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a economist, but he he made the probabilistic argument for us living in a simulation, and he writes extensively his careers about the day. He's basically the preeminent voice. Oh, you told me about this guy. I never shut up about him. I never shut up about him. This is one of Super intelligence. Books. Yes. Dude, on my list yeah, of yeah, books yeah. that I need yeah, to yeah. get. Got to do it. I mean, it's a beast. It's like a, you read a page in a day and you're like, yeah, I did it, dude. I made it through. <laughs> like, it's some, it's some high IQ stuff, but it's worth it. I mean, he lays it all out there and he talks a lot about AI malfunctions that have triggered all kinds of crazy market crashes in the past and... He also talks about the incentive structure for AI going into the future, because the problem, as I think we've argued about at length on this show, 
is not even what our best, like with our best programmers intentions, there's still unpredictable results that can come. That's something that has, if you know, leagues smarter than you can start to sort of backdoor itself and come up with plans or copy data perfectly without alerting you that it did it and, you know, kind of escape the black box there. Anyway, I'm going on a rant. This guy's cool. I think that Bitcoin could potentially be used to incentivize machine intelligence to accrete goals and sub goals. It sounds like, okay. Who the fuck cares? So what? But actually that's the only way to put quote unquote guardrails on these systems. You have to find a common ground. You have to find a shared interest. And I think a system that's far smarter than us would recognize the fiat system is not valuable. And that that money's uh, trash and worthless and debased quickly, and even even artificial general intelligence would be at would be at risk of being rugged by that system. So I think it would prefer to be incentivized by Bitcoin. And it can't really. I mean, it can cheat in certain ways, like on a on a scummy, like scammy human level, but it can't cheat the whole network. What it could do one 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 threat vector is something like inscriptions under the radar something new, something new to the protocol, kind of psyop its way into getting people to react to change Bitcoin in some kind of way. This is some really, really paranoid stuff, but it's an attack vector. I, I, I believe like the two, the two only like real existential attack vectors for Bitcoin that actually concern me a little bit are, you know, price suppression. Okay. That one doesn't concern me that much, but we see it all the time. The easiest attack point is Bitcoin's price. That's where you're going to see nation states come after it, institutions trying to manipulate it. But the other one is just psychological. You know, it's a rough consensus algorithm. So, you know, therefore, if you can change the hearts and minds of enough people, in theory, you could you could push through some kind of change to the network that's going to have adverse effects down the line, depending on depending on your perspective. So. Yeah, that's all the more reason it's like all eyes on the on the open source protocol here. What changes are being introduced? Who's introducing them? Why? This skepticism and paranoia is is very very important, uh, and we need it. We have to, we, you know, we have to proceed with caution. But I don't, I don't, I don't have any right answers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the one to tell you how changes should even be introduced in Bitcoin. There's there's debate around that too. It's complicated, right? It's tough, but. Uh, Optimistic Fair. man. That was a long rant about a lot of different things. What else we got? I was gonna say I was like I forgot what the question was, and then I was like, oh yeah, Bitcoin miners be more or less profitable. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I had a good I had a good comment from Bitcoins out here. Bitcoin says when Stratum V two is implemented, you could have participants in the same pool censoring OFAC inscriptions and nothing. I don't know for a fact if that's true. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't know. Is that the case? That would be interesting. No, he's literally saying I, you're wrong, Bitcoins. You should you should hop off of his Zapped stream stream and come on over to mine. You do you have a you, you the don't Bitcoin Q and A one, man? Okay. Yeah. Let me check. What did he give other comments there? Is he commenting there about this? Because my question is. No. Okay, but if the if the pool's running on knots, it's not it's just not relaying 
anything past opfalls, I mean, when they implement this to the miners themselves. So how does Stratum V2 route around that? And I just, I don't know the answer. Obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. So that's just a, a question for the audience. They're really something I got to look into for tomorrow or Monday. Yes, you can um, that. I'm not, I'm not coming on tomorrow. That's a you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do want to, to kind of talk about the psychological attacks, I sent this tweet out yesterday and I'm very proud of it. So I want to, I want to discuss it, but you know, this week, especially we've seen the latest FUD that's been circulating about uh, each transaction of Bitcoin uses as much water as a swimming pool. Um, you know, all coiners are now shit posting, you know, boil the oceans, this out of the other not really holding back kind of laughing and mocking because we all know this to not be true and this to be yet another attempt at uh, baseless fud but what i think is really telling is the fact that the attack in this moment in time december 1st 2023 the year of our lord or your lord not my lord um it's Christmas, man. Dude, I got Christmas tree up in my living room. There's Christmas lights all up, all around the neighborhood. And look, whenever we had heard the Bitcoin mine uses more electricity than Sweden, uses more electricity than Argentina, blah, blah, blah. Bitcoiners would rally around and we were the one posting about how Bitcoin mining doesn't use as much electricity as all the Christmas lights that you guys put on for the month of December. And it is no coincidence, in my opinion, that the media companies are not attacking the energy consumption right now because they know what the rhetoric and response will be from Bitcoiners. So I want this to kind of be a moment where, where we we pat ourselves on the back, but remember the words of Kobe Bryant, the job's not finished. This is not a moment to celebrate. This is a moment to appreciate and recognize that, you know, we kind of, we talk about, we got to just keep pounding the drums and people will start to get it slowly. This is validation of that, in my opinion, at least. We pounded the drums enough time to counter the base FUD around energy consumption. Now, do I think that we're never going to hear that? Of course not. Wait until July. Wait until we're out of the Christmas season and those claims will come back. But this is a very thoughtful attack against Bitcoin. It's, it had to be thoughtful. Because we're making them have to be thoughtful because we are countering every claim they've got. So don't slow down. Keep going. But don't don't think this is all for nothing. Like everything in the fiat system, the 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 problem with the information they're relaying is it's like a false measure. Just like all of fiat, you know, you can't can't really keep track of what you own and and the score of anything when your measuring stick is changing lengths every day, that would be the, the U S dollar money system. But you, you find this in journalism too. Like they're there. You can draw conclusions with words that like really fly under the radar. And it's just, there's so much dishonesty, dishonesty and, and perverse incentives behind it that I don't, I don't really find the apparatus of like mainstream media to be that useful to me. If anything, it's just like extremely distracting part of life. 
um, it's just making you aware of problems and giving you anxiety about things that you actually can't control because they're not local to you. There's not like that much you can do about them. You can try. I mean, you can go out and protest like the war of a foreign country in your home, but I don't think we've seen too many, too much success come out of that as of late. I guess what I'm saying is it's not shocking to me at all that this kind of article would come out trying to measure transactions in on a per energy basis. Like at the start, that idea is flawed. So <laughs> it's it's that's not how Bitcoin works. So you can anything that's downstream of that is is basically incorrect here. But I mean, I'm not I was talking to Phil Zimmerman the other day, and this is also a dude who's interested in how to reduce Bitcoin's carbon footprint. I mean, there's not, it's fair to say that there's a real demand from some subset of people to do this, whether or not you agree it's a problem. I, I really don't think that, I think it's a negligible amount of trace kind of gas that's already naturally occurring in the atmosphere. I don't think that, oh man, then we get into the whole environment. Where, where do you stand on this queue? You come from a very liberal, the land of the libs. I'm curious what what your thoughts are on, ener on energy consumption in Bitcoin. I mean, I I always go back to the statistic that shows, you know, how developed a society is, and you can literally pick whatever metric, how much wealth, yep. money they created, how many inventions they had, how many people they have, like whatever metric you want to use, there is a direct correlation between that and what I like to call is how advanced. A society is and how much energy they consume mm -hmm. and yeah like that's that's the stance i take and you know i but you would I admit that there are adverse effects from certain types of energy consumption dude, I'll so therefore yes it may further. progress civilization but the question is at what cost and what you know what should we be doing sure but i would even go cost. so far as to say i i think i think this argument that I don't care the argument that I kind of hear of, oh, so what? Like, we're going to build here, do that. Like, without any thought or consideration, like, what impact it has on the, the broader ecosystem, because you have no idea how that shift in the ecosystem that you're causing, because I want to build a city in, in this location or locale. You know what? You just place a bunch of freaking wolves. And you know what? The wolves are not necessarily going to just like go away. Now all of a sudden, all the dogs that you guys brought into this town you built getting eaten by wolves. And you, th you think it's the wolf's fault that you guys built the town here. So there's this dynamic sometimes where I don't think we as humans respect. This is the cheesiest way to say it, but we don't respect earth. We don't understand that if I take a step on my lawn, like there's a footprint on the grass. Like I have enough impact on the land and environment around me. So I think there's almost like this naivety sometimes that I hear in some of these arguments. Like, I don't buy that. I firmly believe, yes, we do have an, we have impacted our environment by building society in the way we have. Whether that's right or wrong, that's not, that's not for me to decide. What is for me to decide is how we move forward and approach it. And in my opinion, the option is not unplug everything and all, I don't know, set up tents in Chile or wherever you want in the world and just sort of live off grid like that. No, I think the solution is we find a way 
to shift energy consumption in a way that is less detrimental, less reliant on the environment and more reliant on, oh, I don't know, nuclear energy that has been demonized through various stories, movies, and narratives, and at the same time has been lobbied against by the very providers of our current energy infrastructure because because we created a system that incentivizes people to buy control and influence over policy and in turn they've created these regulatory modes so kind of what we started the episode describing of what we're seeing with ocean is the free market dynamic in real time if you don't want to opt into the way they want to mine bitcoin there are other pools readily available for you to go and mine with and that that's free market dynamics but especially when it comes to the energy space we do not have that we don't we have energy subsidies for wind and solar so the government is propelling those industries which good or bad depending on who you talk to and then you have the current energy infrastructure that has been told we're phasing you out so they're not investing enough to keep going on board while demand is increasing and on top of that they're lobbying against both green energy infrastructure being built as well as nuclear energy to be expanded and researched further so you have this like almost double chaotic move going on from energy sources outside of nuclear that's genuinely in my opinion preventing the free market from just going headfirst into a space when you talk to rational intelligent people in my opinion the consensus is we need to figure out and figure out quickly how to switch our energy infrastructure to full-blown nuclear it's as simple as that i don't know if full-blown nuclear is the solution but it would certainly make some drastic i think positive changes for society but i think importantly also is just like we're making this kind of effort to decentralize mining get people involved at home on a local level i think energy production needs to be localized too it's a scary thing you're out here you know middle of winter and you're relying on this big huge centralized grid that can go down at any moment for any number of reasons do you remember i think it was last year there were some interesting attacks on the the electrical grid in the south people started shooting transformers and you know i had a buddy lose power for a couple of days you know we both know you chris alamo getting cut off from the grid just because you know some hooligans decided to bring it down in out in the carolinas and it's just <laughs> if you have local local energy uh production means you don't have to worry about those things you can sleep sleep better at night I know it sounds like some kind of a libertarian fantasy and people, people like to reject these ideas out of, out of turn, but, um, I don't know, man, there's something to be said for that, that self-sovereignty and choosing to do what you want with the energy that you produce. And there's, there's just so many ways to, to do it at home, depending on where you are that. I mean, generally like my, my plan, once I have my own home that I own is I'll have my own generator and I'll probably, depending on what jurisdiction I'm in, I'll probably end up getting solar panels to power my generator in because I don't want to rely on the energy grid and infrastructure. And based on the places I've lived, they have a lot of sunlight. Like, I'll be fine. 
So yeah, yeah, that, that's where like, I'm at, that, man. And it's I, yeah, it's super I, I, liberating I feeling. Quick, and you, yeah, go ahead. I, I just want to say this one point because I know that you know green or renewable energies, especially in the Bitcoin space, sometimes get like this really bad rap. But the fact of the matter is, Triggered. in the system that I just described, where you could have your own generator at home and you could set up solar panels to essentially charge this generator and power your home, you create you panels. Sovereignty. You don't need a. You don't need the generator. No, but the generator is there to store excess energies. I don't want to give it back. That's a bad. Like, you know how some. Oh, okay, fine. What <laughs> misspoke? But essentially, my my there. Are, there are a lot of jurisdictions that if you set up solar panels the way that I've kind of described, you end up having excess power and a lot of people will just slip back to their power utility companies. I'm not going to do that. I'm literally going to put it to a battery generator, whatever it may be, so that I can be so fully self-sovereign when it comes to my, my household's energy consumption. And that's what I want. And you may not want that and that's okay. But shit on people because they want to use solar energy to like, man, go get a hobby, get off, get off social media. There's there there has fairly been a a, a good amount of scamming in that industry as well. These things are not as quote unquote green as they intend to be. And anyone that's that's bringing a, a green energy argument at you is. Well, it doesn't really understand how it works. There's no such thing. Like all energy production has trade-offs. And if you can't acknowledge that out the gate, I mean, you're, I, I don't know if what you have to say about energy minerals, is uh, going to be very useful. The mind for that solar panel alone are more harmful for the environment than the natural gas, in my opinion, at least. The natural gas that would be burned or used to allow me to turn on my electricity in my home. So it, it, it's just what yeah. are you really live with? But it's also like a lot, there's a lot of crossover between these people and vegans who also want to reduce harmful effects on their environment, but fail to specify what environment means. I'm actually with, this is one of the few times I agree with Jordan Peterson. Like when you're talking about the environment, what the fuck are you talking about? Because <laughs> everything we do has trade-offs. If you're going to, if you're going to eat vegan, you're going to contribute to a local environment somewhere's animal holocaust because i'm sorry if you've never bailed hay before or <laughs> worked in a field it completely obliterates like the the natural systems there yeah it creates new ones there's just there's trade-offs at every level and i don't really understand how people think they can get kind of a, a free lunch by just subscribing to some ideology that feels warm and nice and, and and not harmful it's just like a really good marketing campaign by the government and maybe a sigh out by by China to weaken us, but that's another story. <laughs> um, I, I I would just I kind of everything you said is accurate, especially as it pertains to the trade offs. But I unfortunately think where we are as a society, and we've definitely seen this over the last four or five years more than ever. But we've along the way we kind of like given up certain things we should be thinking critically about and we kind of were like that business handles this for us and i trust them and the government's going to handle this and you know they trust them and etc etc we've essentially started just like blindly trusting a lot of institutions that don't deserve our trust so when they come out and say eat less beef because cow farts 
introduce more methane than cars, etc. It's like, dude, like every time someone says that to me, my response is genuinely, did you know that the nutritional composition of grass-fed beef versus regular organic beef is such that six ounces of grass-fed beef has the same nutritional mm-hmm. composition, all the same nutrients, minerals, calories, protein, etc. Six ounces is the same of grass-fed, the same as eight ounces of normal organic. So that means we could literally cut food consumption by 25% if we shifted from this like weird grain system that we use right now for cheaper meat to then shift it to grass-fed, where again, you are buying 25% less meat to get the same nutritional composition. But no, that's not what we want to talk about. We want to talk about beyond meat and pea protein and this, that, or the other. It's like, oh. The thing that frustrates me is if you if you get your meat from a grocery store, go ahead and like really have a close look at that. They 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 inject they inject that beef water. with water, a lot of water, to beef it up and to increase the weight of it. And you can taste the difference. I mean, it really I'm pretty hardcore about this. Like you should, wherever you live, like hopefully there's a way for you to source meat from a butcher and get it a little more localized, where at least you can go source verified and figure out what the hell's going on and what you're eating. Cause you know, this, this big pharma and the retail supermarket industry are just not to be trusted in any way. There's very few products there that I'm interested in putting in my body. And when you get down to the ingredients of life, like the essential nutrients that you actually need, things that are not processed foods, you find that there's really no need to go into these establishments at all. But alas, we're we're over time here. Is there any last points you wanted to touch on, Q, before we wrap? Uh-uh. All right. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Adios.